0: Uh, Good evening to you all and another privilege to come and worship God again this evening and under the beautiful sun as well. It's been a lovely day and we pray that God will bless us and shine in our hearts tonight as we gather for worship. big welcome to you if you're watching online as well. We hope you'll feel part of the service as we worship together. As we begin our worship, I just want to read uh, a few verses of the second half of Psalm 24 to remind ourselves of who we are worshipping tonight. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Well, we're going to be worshipping that King of glory tonight. And uh, the the title of the sermon this evening is Praising the Judge. Um, And as we start our our worship with uh, with our first song, um, I want to just um, think about verse 3. We praise God for his might and how he will righteously judge. Tell out my soul the greatness of his might. Powers and dominions lay their glory by. Proud hearts and stubborn wills are put to flight. The hungry fed, the humble lifted high. Let us stand when the music starts. Before we have our Bible readings, let's let's pray together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, as we um, come to worship this evening, we come, Lord, thankful for all of your mercies, all of your blessings through yet another day. We thank you, Lord, that uh, your goodness is just untold. We cannot keep up with the number of blessings that we receive. We thank you, Lord, that you are so mindful of us when we can be so forgetful of you. But as we come to worship tonight, we pray, Lord, for hearts and minds that are focused on Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we will give our all in our worship of you. May tonight not just be about what we receive for our souls, but what we give in our worship. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us true fire for Jesus, Lord, a true hunger after your word, an appetite to know more about you. And we pray that by your mercy, you will will, uh, bring us your spirit and that we will learn more about you, know more of ourselves, and, uh, Lord, we might be able to worship together. And as we were reminded this morning, Lord, we thank you that our identity is not is not in uh, who we are, what we own, but, Lord, we thank you that it is only through what you have done for us. And, uh, Lord, we, we praise you for the great mercy in condescending to this sinful worth, leaving the riches and glories of heaven to come down for people like us here gathered tonight. But we thank you that, that, that Jesus' obedience, the love of God the Father, in, in arranging that for hap- that to happen for us so that through it we might have salvation. And Lord, we realise there is salvation through no other. And so, Lord, we bring our thanks to you this evening. We pray, Lord, then for a focused heart and mind. We pray for that we will be, our minds will be free from all distractions and worries, just for this, even just for this hour of worship, that, Lord, we might be able to see no man save Jesus only. So come make one in our presence now, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Our first reading this evening is from Revelation chapter 11, verses 15 to 19. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of the Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. Our second reading is Revelation chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. And then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with its harps of God in their hands.
0: We've got uh, two songs to sing now, back to back. Uh, Two great hymns that uh, fit nicely in with our theme this evening. And uh, the first is Ascribe Greatness to our God, the Rock. And uh, it goes on to say, His work is perfect and all his ways are just. So we're going to sing that through uh, the same verse a couple of times and then we're going to sing uh, Jesus is Lord. Um, And a little one for you guys that were on camp. Um, We spoke about Jesus returning and uh, verse 4 says, Jesus is Lord, a shout of joy, a cry of anguish, as he returns and every knee bows low. Then every eye and heart will see his glory. The judge of all will take his children home. So let's stand to sing these two songs together. Let's pray together. Now, God, we thank you so much, Lord, as we come into your presence, that you are ready to hear and answer our prayers. Lord, very conscious of uh, the distance between us and you, we thank you that that great distance, that gulf between us, is made up by our Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, as we come into your presence this evening... As we worship together, uh, we, we pray that your name will be lifted up and glorified. For that, Lord, is the least that we can do. And even that, Lord, we need your help. Um, but as we as we worship together, Lord, it truly is a privilege to be with the people of God, singing your praises for you are worthy. And Father, we thank you that we are the only reason that we are here is because of your kindness, your goodness, your mercy, your patience, your long-suffering, your love. Father, we're all recipients of it in different ways. We thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. We thank you, Lord, for the weekend. We thank you, Lord, for a a church that's open where we can worship. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who contributes into a service that, Lord, we can come and worship together. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of the day. We thank you for food, for clothing. We thank you, Lord, for soft beds and for windows in our houses to stop the rain coming in and uh, and, and, Lord, we thank you for... in every way that you look after us and lord so many things that we don't ask for yet you know our needs and lord as your word says before they call i shall answer and father we praise you for who you are and lord we are sorry that we cannot be exactly what you have asked us to be lord we are aware of our own shortcomings we are aware lord that we haven't lived the lives that you've commanded us to that lord every day we fall short of your law but we thank you, lord it 's not about us. we thank you, Lord, that our hope rests only on Jesus and his death on the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you have provided, and that the only way that you, uh, the only way that could be uh, provided for and, and Lord, who else would give up their life on a, on, on a cross for sinners, and Lord, who would be so perfect to do so anyway and so, Father, we thank you that by your mercy, your goodness, that you are in the business of saving sinners those who are completely contradictory to yourself. And yet, Lord, it, we, are your, we are your choice. And it's such a great blessing. And as James spoke this morning, Lord, our, our purpose of life is that we are called by God. And what joy that brings us. Lord, it gives us a whole different perspective of of the way that we live our lives. We can easily get caught up in the detail, the day-to-day, even the things, Lord, the, the gifts that you've given us can become a distraction. Families, business, home life, Lord, you know um, the, the worries and concerns that we have um, and Lord you also know the good things in our life that we have that also become a distraction and we pray Father that our eyes will be only upon you we pray that our, we will be very um, blinkered in that way that Lord we only want to serve you and we pray Lord that as we go through a busy week that we won't just get lost in the tasks that we're doing but that we might be able to step back and remember that great truth that we are called by you and that is our purpose. And Father, so we pray that even in, those, in the things that we're doing to give our all, no matter whether it's a big task or a seemingly small task, we pray that we will do our best to you as unto the Lord and do it with a full heart. And Father, as we look back over the last few weeks, how so many uh, have proved your goodness um, In so many different ways and Lord we want to once again give thanks for the way that you have blessed the events of the summer and the way that your hand has been upon us in different ways we've proved your goodness and even in the hard times. Lord you were there and that was what made it so special. We thank you Lord for all of your kindness um, to us as a church and for, um, we pray then Lord that you will bless our efforts. Lord we can sow and we can, uh, and we can water but God gives the increase and we pray that we might see great increase over the coming months and years. And we ask, Lord, that the things that have been attended to will not be easily plucked away, not strangled by the cares and worries of life, but they might grow on to produce a lot of fruit. Father, we thank you that we can come week to week into this place to worship you. I pray that it will never be something we take for granted. And Lord, when while well, thinking in that way, we think of our brothers and sisters all around the world who are persecuted for your name's sake. Yet, yeah, Lord, they keep going. And how much they prove your goodness. And so we pray for the persecuted church tonight, Lord, that you will be strengthened in their faith still. And that, Lord, you will help them to persevere in the face of great adversity and difficulty. We pray that, Father, you will be glorified through them. That you will give them the courage and the strength to keep on going. It seems easy for us to say, sat here in the southeast of England in um, relative ease. And, uh, but, Lord, we pray that you will strengthen their faith, that you will bless them, and that, Lord, we would never wish persecution upon ourselves. But, Lord, we pray that our, strength will be, our, our faith will be strengthened and that, Lord, you will work in our lives in, and use us, Lord, for your glory. We don't want to live a life, Lord, where we've just taken it easy and never put our back out for you. I pray, Lord, you'll give us a desire in our heart to keep on serving you um, fully and, and to be totally committed to um, the spread of the gospel. Help each of us, Lord, in our own little way. Maybe we feel that we can't offer much in terms of evangelism, but Lord, we all meet with people from time to time. We are all uh, Our lives are all lived uh, in, in public and we pray that we will represent you well we pray lord that you will give us um wisdom and um and and, uh, care in the way that we behave and speak lord you know that we are prone to make in many areas but we pray that you will help us to grow in in grace and in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ help us to live live a life that is uh, befitting of someone that calls themselves a christian so father we pray then for opportunities for the gospel to spread further. We pray for this town. Lord, we love this town and we want to see more and more people coming to know you. Lord, we rub shoulders with people in this town every day, um, whether whether at work or school or uh, in the shops, Lord, you know. Um, And we pray that for opportunities to um, get alongside these people, to encourage people. We pray, Lord, that um, our lives on display may be enough to see Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we worship them tonight, we pray for... Uh, we pray for John as he comes to speak and opens this great um, truth to us, Lord, quite a, a big and heavy subject. Help us to take it in. And we pray, Lord, it will do us each good and it will give us food for thought, things to keep us going throughout the week. Father, we praise you for who you are and, um, Lord, we, we are, sometimes perhaps we, we, is, uh, we, we can forget just how just you are as well as loving. We pray, Lord, that you will... Uh, you will have your way, that we will be mindful of who you are and the way that you deal fairly and justly with everyone and we pray Lord that when the great day comes that you call us home or you come back again, that we will indeed be home and that Lord our sins will have been paid for, that when our uh, when the judgement comes upon us that you will see no one but Jesus. I pray Lord that we, each one of us here tonight won't go away uh, without something to think about. I pray Lord that each one of us here tonight will be found in that great day clothed in the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ, so that we have a, a place in heaven for each one of us. Lord, I pray that even now you are preparing a seat in heaven for each of us, that we might be with you, that we might sing your praises forever and ever. And Lord, we pray that as we go through our lives, that we will have heaven more on our mind, that we will live uh, we will live as if we are just journeying and not home now. So Father, bless us, we pray, and uh, as we... As we uh, as we look at this passage together and as John guides us through it, give him the the words and the wisdom that he needs and Lord, we pray for a soft and ready heart to receive what's being said by you. So, Father, bless us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. We have uh, one more reading before we sing our next hymn and that is in Revelation chapter 19 and we just read the first six verses. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, "Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns." Well, before John comes to speak to us on uh, on, the, on our topic tonight, we're going to we're going to sing our fourth hymn, and that is "O oh, to See the Dawn." I'm going to read the chorus. This, the power of the cross, Christ became sin for us took the blame, bore the wrath, we stand forgiven at the cross. Let's stand and sing.
2: Ten days ago, the Virgin Galactic took the first passengers on a plane into space on VSS Unity and gaining a height of over 50 miles from the Earth. And one of the select passengers, an 80-year-old British ex-Olympian, said of the experience, The most impressive thing was looking at earth from space. The pure clarity was very moving. Well, in the evening series that we've been going through in the last few weeks, we've been passengers, uh, not of a virgin galactic vessel, but uh, with the Apostle John as he was taken up into heavenly scenes. And we've been lifted up there and we've been able to see, perhaps with more clarity and with a new perspective, what's going on down here on earth. We've left the (coughs) scenes, and he left the scenes of earth with its struggle and its weakness and its persecution, and he's been able to see what's happened in the control room of the universe and to look down from that vantage point. Well, we've done so through looking at the songs of praise, songs of worship in the book of Revelation, aiming to stir our hearts for worship in a similar direction. And maybe you remember what we've done so far if you've been around. We looked at worship in the creator from chapter four. We looked at worship in the redeemer from chapter five. We've probably got two more in this series. And this next one, this evening, in some ways may be a bit of a surprise. But I feel it's important to give attention to all the different uh, elements of what's said in Revelation in terms of singing and worshipping. It may be a surprise, but it may prove helpful in the fact that it's a surprise. It's on the theme of praising God as judge, praising the judge. I don't know how you feel about that, maybe if you caught uh, wind of the title on the bulletin or on this morning's side you thought well, not quite sure about this evening, I didn't mind the previous two but uh, not quite so keen on this evening's message, in fact it's an area I find quite troubling, judge, judgement, not one that causes praise. And it's very easy for us to think like that and maybe we are out of step somewhat with the mood of heaven. Uh, there's a couple of reasons I think why we find it difficult. Uh, one is that we have uh, an underdeveloped sense of God's justice. Sometimes people can be very fit at uh, a certain sport. Maybe they're a, a runner or a cyclist, but when it comes to a different aspect of sport, or some other different exercise, they're very different, they're not so developed, maybe it's to do with upper body strength, and whilst they're really fit because they're runners, they're not exercised in lifting weights at all. And in a similar way, maybe our minds and thoughts are directed in certain ways about God and his truth, and there are other areas which we're quite weak on and not very developed. We can run with the theme of grace and mercy and love but we've no practice at lifting up the thoughts of holiness and justice and God's wrath. We're underdeveloped and perhaps that needs to change. It doesn't fit in with our culture which leads us to the second difficulty that we find in in thinking of this whole area which is that our circumstances are quite different from so many Christians, from most Christians, I'd say, and from the situation of the Apostle John and those who received revelation in the first place. I came across an account this week, which I found very helpful. Uh, it's of a British pastor, Mark Maynell, who uh, works in London now, but for a time he worked training pastors in. Africa and he's written of a a conversation he had with uh, somebody who became very much a friend uh, from Congo. And in Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, um, after the president was forced out of power back in 1997, the country collapsed and it descended into conflict and chaos it was an awful period where up to 5 million people died and it had been has been called africa's world war and his friend saw many awful things done against family members and friends of his he'd been a banker and uh, He had to flee the country with his three daughters and with his wife and weeks later they arrived in Uganda as refugees uh, with nothing and the family had to live in one room without water or electricity and had enough only for one meal every two days. Well, when Maynall uh, met this man he opened his heart and he shared the story of the violence and the injustice that he had experienced and seen. And he started to um, openly weep, despite the fact that many African men are, are never meant to cry in public, apparently. Then he said these sobering words, you know, Mark, I could never believe the gospel if it were not for the judgment of God because I will never get justice in this world but I couldn't cope if I was never going to see justice done. And Mainel comments, we in the West often recoil from God's justice for a very simple reason. We've hardly had to suffer injustice But most people around the globe recognise that God's justice is praiseworthy and great. Of course, his mercy and redemption are even greater, but we need perfect justice as well. I found that quite helpful and perhaps it helps explain some of our difficulties in this area. If we had a a stronger awareness of suffering and injustice I think we would enter into this theme and receive it more readily. Well, this evening we're going to look at the passages um, involved with worship of God in terms of his justice in Revelation and there are three passages that we're going to look at. I want to take you through them so that we get to what the Bible says and then at the end I've just got a few Questions of reflection, which i felt and maybe you want to think through in response. Our first one is in Revelation 11, so they're the passages that we've had read for us. I've given a, a subheading each time, but don't get too lost in the, in the sort of strap line for the particular passage. Let, let, let the three of them between them culminate in your understanding. But here I've called it Relieved Thanks for God's Justice. And this occurs at the sound of, in Revelation, the seventh trumpet. The judgment of God on unrepentant humanity is in view. It's clearly linked with Jesus reigning. Jesus was crucified, Jesus was resurrected, Jesus was ascended, Jesus was enthroned. And his reign becomes increasingly obvious and especially will be obvious at the final judgment and the second coming. And as they think of Christ reigning rather than the evil powers which often seem to reign in some of the territories, it leads them to a response of praise. Well, we've met the 24 elders before in our little series And these people that represent the people of God in Old and New Testaments bow in worship as they did at the thought of creation and as they did at the thought of redemption. And here is their song, it's in verse 17. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. So, the reign of Christ is in mind. And God's justice acts as a, a catalyst to, the, to giving thanks. They give thanks to the eternal God as they think of justice. The, the, the injustices, the, the oppression, the opposition to good that the vicious opposition to God's people is going to be finally dealt with. Verse 18, the song carries on, the nations raged but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints and those who fear your name, both small and great for destroying and the destroyers of the earth. The nations have raged. Psalm 2 tells us about that. They've raged against his son. Righteous wrath will now be expressed. God has been patient. God is greatly patient, but God is not eternally patient. God's downtrodden people, small and great, will now be vindicated. They have been faithful despite immense suffering. Some of them have been martyred for their faith and God will show up for them. God will show that he's on their side and that they have done right. And those who have got to the end of their life, if you like, dishing out viciousness and have seemed to get away with it, will now be dealt with. The time for the dead to be judged is here. Verse 18 puts it, quite simply as a time for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Well, that sounds fair enough, doesn't it? Destroying the destroyers of the earth. There's a sense of about time. Justice is coming for them. They're going to meet what they deserve. There is this sense of relieved thanksgiving in their praise. the song of praise is followed by an audio visual display of God's holiness verse 19, then God's temple in heaven was opened and the ark of the covenant was seen within the temple, there were flashes of lightning, rumblings pills of thunder and earthquake and heavy hail one object in the middle, the ark of the covenant which amongst other things we hear about speaks of God's law and his holiness which were contained in the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament so there's one of the songs in heaven over God's justice, a sense of relief that at last in the reign of Christ justice would now be done, evil would not run rampant and would not be got away with move to a second passage, a second song which is chapter 15 singing amazed at God's justice it's the prelude to the seven plagues or bowls of wrath, I haven't got time to go into the background much but it is building up to the (coughs) final judgment there is a glassy sea perhaps pointing to God's holiness and perfect, transparent justice. Those who've gone ahead are playing a musical instrument. They have harps and a song is going to be sung. And this song has a double heading. Verse 3, chapter 15, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Hmm. It's a song that's similar to Moses' song. Moses, famous for two songs, one in Deuteronomy. I think this is particularly the one in Exodus, also chapter 15. Exodus 15. Pharaoh and the Egyptians had been opposing God, resisting his will, saying no. They'd inflicted immense hardship for many years on God's people who'd suffered greatly under them. God then delivered them through plagues and judgments, and finally the Red Sea deliverance where Pharaoh and his men are dealt with. And then after that there is a song of triumph sung by Moses in Exodus 15 the next chapter on from the Red Sea and it starts like this I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea the Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation this is my God and I will praise him my father's God and I will exalt him is similar to Moses' song of triumph, judgment, of victory. But it's a New Testament version, if you like, so it's also the song of the Lamb. There is more insight and more revelation which has been leading into this. And this song, with this sort of double heading, focuses on... God's justice and righteousness and here are the lyrics verses 3 and 4 great and amazing are your deeds O Lord God the Almighty just and true are your ways O King of the nations who will not fear Lord and glorify your name for you alone are holy all nations will come and worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. God is just and true. All nations will acknowledge it. His righteous acts of justice deserve praise. His justice is admirable and praiseworthy. There is a sense of amazement at God's justice. It's so right, it's so important, it's so good. In Moses' song in verse 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? God is perfectly just. He, he doesn't let things go. Evil is finally punished. Now we don't always see that do we in this life, we don't have to go to Africa to think about this you've heard perhaps most of you anyway of Jimmy Savile a famous uh, celebrity many years ago uh, seen as generous a fundraiser a particular helper of children with his program Jim will fix it and he died in fame in 2011. His closed satin gold coffin was displayed at Queen's Hotel in Leeds with the last cigar that he smoked and his two This Is Your Life books. Around 4,000 people paid tribute and visited the coffin on show his Rolls-Royce convertible was sold. He died with an estate worth £4 million plus. He died Sir Jimmy Savile OBE. Yet after his death, complaints emerge of sexual allegations, mostly against young people. And in the contacts and investigations that followed, hundreds of further allegations came out against this man and what he had done so evilly to young people 214 of those allegations were considered criminal offences and yet he died a hero in a gold coffin with people paying tribute and seeing him as a celebrity no charges no trial, no sentence, no justice. Will he get away scot free? Justice will be done. I wouldn't want to be Jimmy Savile on Judgment Day. God's justice will triumph. And the thought of God's justice being carried out it's right, isn't it? You you almost scream inside if it doesn't. That's just one very notable example of injustice being carried through, through this life we have a strong sense of justice. The Lucy Letby murders of babies has been going through the courts and there was conviction on Friday at Manchester Crown Court but the person fighting her case said, whilst Friday marks the conclusion of this trial, it's not the end of our search for answers and our fight for justice. There's a need for justice and Revelation tells us that justice will be done ultimately, fairly, finally and it's a reason for satisfaction and it's a a reason for a song of praise according to those who are in heaven. We come to our third passage that was read, Revelation 19, I was going to call it Enthusiastic Praise for God's Justice. I wouldn't fit on the line, so I've got hearty praise for God's justice. We may well turn to Revelation 19 uh, next week for our final song in the middle section of the chapter. There are themes of judgment uh, around these chapters. The next chapter, chapter 20, will include the great white throne of judgment the chapter before, chapter 18 has involved the destruction of Babylon, the prostitute, which is typical, a symbol in revelation of ungodliness and greed and all the immorality in the world organised and against God, luring people away from worshipping the true God to things which are wrong and damaging and greedy and immoral And in chapter 18, Babylon is fallen. And there is a a reason for relief and joy for God's persecuted people on hearing it. Verse 20 of chapter 18, Rejoice over her, O heavens, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. And then we come to the song, we're focusing on this third song in chapter 19 verses 1 to 5 and again the volume is up and again the numbers are vast verse 1 after this I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out what's the reason for praise well verse 2 There is salvation. There is God's power. There is God's glory. But clearly and very strongly, it's hand in hand with justice. Verse 2. For his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Notice this, with this one, how enthusiastic the praise is. End of verse 1, the song starts, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Verse 3, once more they cried out, Hallelujah! Or praise." the Lord then we get the reaction of these elders, these, they, they keep popping up don't they or more to the point they keep bowing down and do they agree with what's being said, well verse 4 the 24 elders and the 4 living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne saying Amen and Hallelujah, so be it this is right, I affirm I agree, certainly, definitely praise God and then in verse 5 there's further endorsement as there's a, a voice from the throne area perhaps an angel praise our God all you servants you who fear him small and great and you have there don't you enthusiastic heartfelt praise for God's justice you see we couldn't really have done a series could we on Revelation songs but missed these three out could we it wouldn't really have been right we'd have been missing something we'd have been slightly warped as a result you've got these three clear songs of God's justice in heaven how do we what does it make us think how, what are some reflections that's, that's what I've i have gone on to a run out of page so they have to get rid of the difficulties and have some reflections up there instead some reflections well these are three thoughts that came to, to my mind that you might want to think through is his justice acknowledged in our singing that was the first one not, not everyone wants it to be. I remember here, you know, Stuart Townend and uh, you know, perhaps his most famous song, wonderful song, In Christ Alone. I remember hearing that a huge number of times he's, people have asked him if they can, if they can sort of play, his, play or sing his song but take out the, the line about the wrath of God being satisfied she says no, no that's the song that's the truth, you have to have it It is. but they don't want wrath justice, God's holiness in the song I remember reading uh, an article in Evangelicals Now must have been now about um, seven years ago, it was by Richard Simkin who's the director of music at St. Helens Church, Bishop Gates in London and he was calling for songs which dealt more with the judgment of God and he was encouraging writers to write appropriate songs which included reference to the judgment of God he ends it with this let's recover the doctrine of judgment in our songs just as in our preaching well I maybe think at the time and sort of lingered as a thought and, and this evening's subject, it made me think about the songs I picked for this evening. i, I just try and be very thoughtful about the, the songs for uh, the services. i try and wrap them around the truth that we're singing so that they're sort of in response to God's word. And I was thinking about the ones for this, for this evening. And well, all five of them do include a reference to God's holiness or his justice or his wrath. I wondered, should I have had a a stronger one? As a, a psalm of God's judgment from one of the metric psalms or Newton's older hymn, Day of Judgment, Day of Wonders. Some of these feel difficult to sing as a congregation. We're, we're not used to singing things like that. I settled for the five that we had in the end, but uh, maybe I wasn't brave enough. It's a thought, isn't it? well not many of us choose songs but as as a congregation it's good for us to be thinking about well we do need to reflect the whole counsel of God in what we sing and where that happens we we should be supportive it's good for us to sing truth to one another in that way that was one reflection Uh, second reflection was this, do we feel a sense of praise for God's justice ourselves? Do we Do we feel it? Yeah. Never mind what we're seeing now, come inside our attitude. Do we feel a sense of praise for God's justice? Is it just a frightening topic that we avoid? In uh, looking for the season, in the last couple of days, I, I often look at other uh, sermons that are on the passage that I'm speaking from I, I do that hopefully after I'm a good way into preparation and I've got a, a sort of clear route through myself I find it helpful then to, to listen to one or two others there's not always sermons on the, the passages it was a bit like that this time but there was a, a sermon title which struck me on uh, Revelation 19 by one person it was called this Praising God for Hell Praising God for Hell. Well, you can see it's a very striking title, isn't it? As I, I listened to some of it, and there's a lot of good that was in it. It was a Welshman preaching. And he was preaching on some of the verses we've got here, and and some other verses too. Praising God for Hell. What, what do you think of that? Should should is there any element of praising God that should come to our mind when we think of of hell? Well, we're we're deeply troubled by hell, isn't it? It's something which we find really hard to think about. And we feel um, sadness and pain, almost unthinkably so, when we think of it, individuals. And and that's right, that's like God who says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked but wants them all to turn in repentance. It's like Jesus who uh, wept over Jerusalem longing for them to turn in repentance. So that's quite right and, and, and we should feel that sense of sensitivity and trouble and compassion and concern. Yet as we think of it as a place of justice, perhaps more generally, as a place where the devil is dealt with and where evil is dealt with, a place of the final balancing of the books, where where injustices are confronted and ungodliness and, and evil and unfaithfulness and viciousness, is there a sense of... I'm reflecting, I'm posing the question There's something about this God's execution of judgment, which is is good and right, and we the saints in heaven are clear on it. We can see that in Revelation 19. Um, you know, perhaps we need to wait until we're there to be much clearer, but shouldn't we start to feel something of it as we're? Um, as we just feel so aware and taken up with God's holiness and justice that there is a feeling of praise for God's justice that's a a second area to think about and then the third one was this do we feel thankful to be safe in Christ As well as the Jimmy Savills of this world, the Bible reminds us that we too deserve God's justice. It's not just for those who hit the papers and who make the documentaries. The ark, which was at the centre of the audio visual display in Revelation 11, it was symbolic of God's holiness. God's law was in it but it was just as much, perhaps even more a symbol of God's grace, the mercy seat where God and man, God and humanity met. It was in the temple which was a scene of sacrifice and atonement. It was the song of the Lamb, the second one, a song of the Lamb that was slain. It makes us think of the death of Jesus, Dying in the stead of others. It takes us back to what we looked at last time when we were thinking of praising God for our Redeemer of God's justice deserved not just at Jimmy Savile, but at us, taken out instead on Christ. So we sang this, the power of the cross. Christ became sin for us, took the blame, bore the wrath, we stand forgiven at the cross. We started with a space illustration as we thought of trips to the heavenlies, if you like. Let's have another one just near the end here. I heard of this this last week or two from someone. It was about the Apollo missions but I'm sure it applies to space travel since but it was given a good few decades ago and they were talking about the early Apollo missions which went up into outer space and then which started to take people into outer space and bring them back to earth and of course when they're re-entering the atmosphere that is a time of tremendous danger normally they would be pulverised in the heat and the pressure of re-entry but the space vessels, the spaceships were designed very specially to protect them from that heat and that pressure on re-entry to bear what they couldn't bear to be protected and taken out on the outside of the spaceship so that those inside come back home can land and reunite with their family. And they were saying it's like a picture of Christ on the cross. If we're in him, then the heat, the wrath, the justice of God due on us, which would pulverise us, is taken out on Christ. As on the cross he took the blame, bore the wrath, we stand forgiven at the cross. So that God could be both just and the justifier of those who believe in Jesus Romans 3 26 are you in that safety capsule as you approach the day of justice it's your trust in Jesus who died on the cross for you if you have then looking at what we've done this evening and thinking it through if you do feel an extra sense of relief and thankfulness, I'm safe, surrounded, I'm protected. Something else, someone else has bore, instead of me, what would come my way. I feel a fresh sense of thankfulness of being safe in Christ. Amazed, yes, that is justice, like the second psalm but still very much amazed at his grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So there is place to reflect, isn't there, on the themes that we've looked at this evening. Revelation on praising the judge. Well, I lost a song this evening is um, Who Else Commands All the Hosts of Heaven? A song which makes us think of the great holiness of God in his justice, but then also reminds us of God's wonderful love through the cross. Let's stand to sing our last song. thank you for the whole counsel of God that we have in your word and we want to be taken where it takes us and this evening we have thought of your wonderful holiness and justice your purity your wrath your victory over evil and though there is much we don't understand As we thought of it, there's much that stirs us to praise that the God that you are, that you do not let injustice reign, that things will be dealt with. We believe in a gospel which includes the judgment of God as well as the grace of God. And for so many of us, and we would hope all of us, we end by rejoicing in the safety we have through Christ that you are both the ju- both just and the justifier of those who believe in Jesus in his name we pray amen